Hello and welcome to Connecting You to You Radio, where we tune in to receive the messages of health and well-being that are being broadcast from the soul. I'm your host, Lisa Warner, author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing. I show you how to heal your body naturally by combining your body's innate intelligence with the wisdom of your own soul so that you can break through the mental programming of limiting beliefs that cause disease and make healing your body and changing your life simple. Hello and welcome to another Solution Sunday because the soul is the solution. And welcome to today. Another- I am I am here with Nadine Shenden. Today we are talking about the power of the voice to heal. Our voices are incredibly powerful and they have the power to both create and destroy and they have the power to heal. There are many, many things that we can do with our voice. And Nadine is a classically trained opera singer and a teacher of voice. So today we're going to explore all things voice. So Nadine, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me, Lisa. I'm so pleased to be here. (laughs) Such a joy. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. So maybe you want to share a little bit about yourself and and how you and I came to get hooked up and tell a little bit about your story. Well, okay. Um, I am a 27-year-long voice teacher. Um, And then, uh, well, prior to the whole pandemic thing, um, of course, everything shut down. So I stopped teaching for a while. Um, Within that process within those hairy carry years, um, I became misaligned. And I, <laughs> I found myself um, uh, being diagnosed with uh, stage four metastatic breast cancer. And uh, that was a whole shocking journey for me. I never expected it. And um, I, wasn't sure how to navigate it because um, like you, I did not want to go a traditional method of treating myself. And of course, everything shut down for me as far as, you know, anything of the career or even thinking about that. So, you know, the, the small number of students I had during this whole shutdown thing, um, I had to cancel all that. Um, put those by the wayside for a while and just focus on trying to heal, which um, from my doctors at the time, they were back in the spring. Uh, apparently I was ready for palliative care. <laughs> so um, yeah, I lost a lot of weight. I already hit what they call cachexis. Um, and so I was told I really probably couldn't have very long to live. So um Anyway, I, I came, I did many different things to try and figure this out and heal. Um, awakening weekend, um, trying to open myself up to the universe and what, what things. And then I came across uh, your um, video 
and I decided to order your book. Simplicity of Self-Healing. <laughs> read it, read it. Um, there's that plug. Uh, read it and thought to myself, I have to get in touch with this woman because she she did it. And if she can do it, I can do it as well. So um, that's what I did. And I did your 12-week um, aligning yourself, connecting you to you. And I am a graduate now. <laughs> so I've, I've completed the course. And as people can see, well, I'm not dying. I'm fine. Uh, my blood work is all great. My CAT scans are really good. And much to the surprise of, you know, modern medicine, it's like, I'm, I'm like a walking miracle. So um, in this process, I've, there was um, a lot of degeneration in the body, um, obviously, because of all the multiple shock traumas that I went through. Uh, and one of the things is being a singing teacher and being a singer myself, uh, is there was an atrophy in the diaphragm. I had a lot of pain. My whole, I had cancer, what was, they called it that, from the base of my brain all the way down to my tailbone. So my whole spinal column was completely compromised. The, the, the MRIs just showed just deterioration all the way up and down the spine. I could barely walk. So um, I, I figure, okay, I have to try and rehabilitate this what's going on with me and um I'm like how you know how am I going to do this I'd lost two inches in height how am I going to do all this so um I I was talking to you in one of our classes and you suggest go back into toning you know tone see what and I thought okay I'll start doing that I'm gonna and I haven't really I wasn't able to sing I couldn't sustain a note at all anymore so I just started pulling out I, I had singing bowls that were given to me for Christmas and started, you know, my kids would play them for me because I couldn't bend over and actually do it myself. So um, now I have them out and I've been doing, I've been doing this and I've been trying to get my breath back down and, and rediscover the healing powers that is simply within not only the breath, but also the sounds that I make. Um, and I'm just focusing simply on the simple vowel sounds, you know, I, yo, those ones. And um, which is in, in, when you're teaching voice, that's what you focus on because you sing vowels, you don't sing consonant. I mean, you can, you can sustain consonances like M's and N's and stuff, but you can't really sing a T <laughs> or sing a D, you know? You, um, so you sing the vowels and the beauty of the voice shines through vowel production. Right. So when you when you hear people doing it, it's like it's ah, it's like probably the most open sound. But again, it's just it's finding, first of all, the, the breath flow first. And um, yeah, and there, there's so much that comes through in that healing power of, of voice. So I'm just I'm learning how to reactivate there. This, I, I'm a journey in process because, you know, this is all um, I, I'm still on the healing path. So. Let's just put it that way. So this is where I am now. And um, I'm looking forward to what 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 the universe God has in store for me and, and how this is this next chapter of my life is going to unfold. I just have to be open. 
Absolutely. So. Congratulations on your fast recovery in the, <laughs> in the impossible, <laughs> doing the impossible according to the medical model. I'm here. My hair is right. here. My eyebrows are here. Right. <laughs> so, and I've gained my weight back. I was down 103 pounds. I'm like, well, you know, it's coming back. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's really amazing when we start to realize how how brainwashed we have been into believing that you know these things are are not curable, and you know that these things are death sentences. When clearly that's not the case, right? And we have really been we've really been again brainwashed out of the magic and. You know, this is the the miracle that you are, this walking, talking miracle. This is how we all are. Miracles are actually normal. It's actually how we are designed to live our lives. But all of that has been taken away because we have been convinced by other people's voices that it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. And others, other people's voices have such an impact on us because we are connected and you know we we hear that almost like a cliche it's like oh we are all one but we really are yes and um especially with our loved ones our friends our family the things they have to say really affect how we behave and react and respond to you know, whatever's going on in our lives. Like I, you know, was told, we'll listen to the doctors, listen to what they have to say. Um, you know, don't make any rash decisions. Don't, right? So, of course, and when, when anybody, anybody who's been diagnosed with um, particularly cancer, uh, cancer is probably the most, sh like, shocking of diagnoses that anyone can get like fine you know if you get something that's you know you have ms it's shocking but no okay i know what's going on with me we can treat this or you know there's it's not that immediate death sentence thing you know or you have you know fibromyalgia or something like that it's like okay i can treat this i can figure this out so cancer on the way you were thinking oh my god i'm going to die i gotta What's going to be in my funeral? Who's going to come? What music do I want? I was thinking all these things. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. You know, and all of these thoughts that we're thinking don't feel good. <laughs> like, oh no, who's going to be at my funeral? That's not really a particularly pleasant thought to be thinking. And it doesn't feel good in our bodies, which, re which means that our bodies are reacting to those thought patterns so because cancer is you know this killer disease or so they say this is why when we get that shocking diagnosis the lungs are the the organ in the body that responds to a death fright Mm -hmm. So when we are shocked into believing that oh my gosh I have a killer disease I'm gonna die the lungs respond to that, which is why can't lung cancer is like the second, the the primary secondary cancer. Mm -hmm. Not because it spreads, doesn't spread. We have a secondary conflict now. 
Yes. Yes. So we, you know, the the power of the words those doctors speak how they have no idea that when they give a death sentence to someone if they if that someone takes that in as real if they believe that death sentence they're going to literally live that out they're going to create that in their reality mm -hmm. so this is so important to realize that this isn't a death sentence at all it's so powerful, like what, when you get that too. Like I can, I, I, I think back to some of my appointments and just feeling that wave of trauma hit you, yep. that sensation exactly. that comes into the body of the, oh no, what do we do? Yeah, that I I, I, I really, I can, I can feel it almost relive it like feel how that wave of emotion just came over me and like it's like this heat and not even being able to get my breath down exactly right so you can't you 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 start even just shallow breathing from the shock you can't even get your breath down precisely yes so, that shock yeah. is literally an electrical shock thoughts are electrical and emotions are magnetic. So we've never been taught about energy, how to understand energy. And when those shocks come, it's literally like getting hit by lightning. It's like all of a sudden, bah, and now we have our finger in the socket and that shock reverses the flow of our energy. It literally shuts down the flow of life force energy. Mm -hmm. And we're living in the flow, we're flowing life force energy out into the world living in our joy singing our soul song speaking our passion speaking our truth and that's expansive and it feels good but then when and that energy is flowing outward into the world but these shocks boom they reverse the flow of energy now the energy is coming at us and we feel like, oh no, oh no, what are we gonna do? So it's literally our ability to process these shocks and clear them out so that we can get our life force energy moving in the right direction again. Yeah, it's like a reversal, yep. like you're saying. It's like, you're flowing one way, life is going nice, you know, da 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 da, da I'm fine. And then, you know, something happens, you know, ugh everything stops and then when things and then it does this weird reversal and um there's a going inward like you you're not even you can't even think outside of your own little bubble exactly it right? makes us feel small it makes us mm -hmm. feel victimized it makes us feel weak it makes us feel like we don't know what to do and this is, you know, it, it's so incredibly disempowering. And I love what you talked about, you know, the shallow breathing, because as soon as that shock comes in, what do we do? We go, <gasps> and we take that breath. But then when we take that breath in, we don't want to breathe to that same place again, because that place was scary. So now we start breathing less than that. 
So the shallow breathing stops, starts to, the, the shallow breathing begins because we don't want to breathe through that last place because oh, this was a scary place to be when we inhaled all of that shock. So now it's like, oh, well, if we don't go there, then maybe we won't re-experience that shock. Right. But the breath is literally the thing that can start to ground out that shock and start yeah. to rebalance the body. Yes. And I, I was even at the point where I knew about the power of breath, but it hurt. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was very painful for me to breathe down there. I try and draw, draw that breath in and then I would hit that. It was like a wall yep. that wouldn't allow me to breathe down there. For some people, maybe they'd start coughing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm thinking what, yeah. And so it, it would, you, you'd start to cough or have like a spasm or I even, it was difficult to sneeze or a hiccup and because you know when you sneeze you take a deep breath it's an automatic thing or even a hiccup for that matter which is a, just a diaphragmatic spasm so when you you know you take that low deep breath down below it's like oh like you're bypassing there's some emotional blockage in there mm -hmm. yep that mm -hmm. shock tends to lock the fascia down in the body and so the the diaphragm the fascia around the diaphragm literally starts to clamp down and it does it makes it extremely painful in many mm -hmm. instances yes yeah and then when you're learning the deep breathing as well um the ribs expand yes so you know if you're diseased in there um yeah you you for some people, they'll even feel the pain. For myself, I could feel the pain deep in the intercostal, what they call the intercostal muscles, um, along the rib cage. So, you know, now I can feel, I can, I can open it up a little more, and you know, I feel that. Oh, it's like letting go. Thank God, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. yeah, this is why I use. <laughs> this is why I use my number one favorite tool, block the block mm -hmm. therapy to start melting through all those adhesions and start softening those things again. So they're not so rigid and locked down, getting that fascia to melt and move again. And melt, yes, and letting yeah. go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. the shoulders, that's another big one. Exactly. You know, so where we hold that, that tension in our body, the shoulders, um, when we hunch up, and it's taking the weight of the world on our shoulders kind of thing. I think that's, yes, that's the emotional correspondent, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Something like that. So yeah, you, you feel when you see people walking around like this, all hunched up and that's what I was. I was like this in the spring. So, um, you know, now I'm learning, okay, got to free that up, find the breath, reopen up the cage or open up, you know, the chest and, yeah. So you can just feel, feel as the, the breath comes in and there's this difference between taking a big breath and allowing the breath mm. in. Beautiful. So that, that's one that. of the 
things. Yeah, that's one of the things I always taught. Like when, when people are learning to sing, is this: um, you're you're not really aggressively trying to breathe, because when people try to do that, if you try to aggressively breathe, take in a deep breath. Well, what happens? <laughs> people go like this, right? That's what they generally do. Oh, I'm taking a deep breath in now. And if you see me, it's like my shoulders are up, I'm tight, I'm, you know, that's that's not the way to take the breath in. You allow the breath in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from doing block therapy, I've realized that, you know, if, as you use your belly to breathe, you know, as the belly expands, the lung, the breath just comes in automatically. It does. Yeah. Well, you do that when you sleep. Mm -hmm. If you're in a deep, deep sleep, if you ever see anybody, and I explain this as well, whenever you see anybody who has fallen asleep on the couch and they're crashed and they're, they're flat on the couch and they're, they're deep in sleep, you will notice that when they're lying down and they're in a deep sleep, their belly will rise and fall mm -hmm. just with that natural rhythm. Even if they're snoring, they're just like... <laughs> and people rise and fall it's and it's the most restful breath they're taking so if you are if you're having a good night's sleep you are doing some really good belly breathing yeah you know and babies that that's how babies breathe but mm -hmm. then as as they have shock and trauma after shock and trauma that breath starts to become more and more shallow yes and, we start to lose that deep belly breath. So we're not feeding and healing ourselves. We're not getting oxygen to all the places that need it. So, you know, retraining ourselves to breathe properly is extremely healing. Mm -hmm. It is. Or when you even see a baby wail, nobody likes to hear a crying baby, but if uh, when a baby is really crying, you will see they naturally belly breathe when they take that breath in. You'll see that little belly and a little kid. And you always think to yourself, how can a little baby scream so loud? <laughs> you know, they can go on and on and on for, you know, half an hour. And it's like these piercing wails and they're coming out of this little body. And it's that, it is that breath that they're taking. It's happening naturally. Exactly. And they're letting it out. Yep. And there's so much power in that. Yeah. You know, our voices are incredibly powerful. And, you know, when we start to understand that voice is sound and sound is frequency, we can start to understand that all of the atoms in our bodies are vibrating all the time. We each have our own frequency. And we can adjust that frequency intentionally. And we can do that with our voice. We can do it with the words that we speak. We can do it with telling ourselves some beautiful things, you know, mm -hmm. such as I'm worthy, I'm loving, I, I love you, dear body, thank you, <laughs> all these types of words. And we can also use our words to destroy ourselves. I'm not okay. This isn't good. I, you know, there's something wrong with me. Yes. So starting to realize that 
we can use our voice to soothe ourselves, to calm ourselves and to heal ourselves. But it has to be done with intention, which means it has to be done consciously. When we're speaking our words of, I'm not okay, there's something wrong with me, that's the unconscious. Yes. So there's only consciousness. We can be unaware of the consciousness that feeds and heals and, and soothes and you know is the magic, the place where the magic and the miracles happen is in consciousness, in, in the light that we are. And when we're speaking these unconscious words of I'm not okay, this isn't good, there's something wrong with me, we're literally turning our own lights off. Yeah, I, I and one of the things I, I always found for myself was the difficulty of self-love and how we know we're supposed to love ourselves, care for ourselves, but it's getting over that hump of speaking the kindness to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's easy to say kind words to other people. Oh, you know, if a friend, oh, you're you're going to be fine. You're doing great. You know, you want to be a, you want to be in on their team and, and encourage them. Uh, but that own inner narrative sometimes is it's very difficult hump to overcome, especially if there's a lot of programming and and self love was just not not programmed at well, all yeah we've been programmed out of that love of self mm -hmm. and you know we have been programmed to believe that it's selfish don't be selfish don't put yourself first put everybody else first give 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 it's better to give than to receive mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know so and we've been taught you know it's narcissistic to love yourself and there's so many distortions in all of that. And mm -hmm. the, the, the funniest part is that we are love. It is who and what we are as the, as the souled beings, these, the beautiful, divine, sacred souls that we are, we are literally love incarnate yes so it's not about loving ourselves it's about allowing ourselves to feel the love we are yes i remember once i was doing a what's called a deepening awakening weekend this is with our oneness community, my meditation group. And we did this meditation um, where we were looking at a, a, a child sleeping in a bed. And we were standing at the doorway looking at this child, this little, and it was just this little tiny like child that, that had been abused. Um, reprimanded told they were ugly um you know that they weren't good enough and 
they had been probably spanked. They had been, you know, and you were feeling for this child that was lying in this bed, just sleeping there. And you wanted to just tell this child, you know, it's okay. You're fine. Nothing's wrong with you. You're good. You are really, really good. You're fine. And I remember walking, you know, as I'm meditating, going through this, I go to scoop this child up and the child turns around and it's me. <laughs> and when, when we got to that point and you realized it was me, I took my breath away because I was all ready to embrace this child. And yet I was like, I don't, I wanted to say, I love you. I love you. And it's me. <laughs> so um, it was probably one of the most profound meditations I'd ever done. And, you know, you can see just by going, the visualization of that saying like, of course, I like, who wants to harm a child? And then realizing that, no, that's all of us. It's all of us. That's, that's the programming. That is how we as humanity have been used and abused and turned against each other in, in the unconsciousness. It is because when, when we start to realize there is consciousness and we are all part of that consciousness, there's not your consciousness and my consciousness, it's how we connect to the universal consciousness. We are all able to connect to universal consciousness, to total awareness and when we're connected to that we're connected we feel connected we feel love we feel peace we feel ease we feel abundance we feel the magic of all that is but we have been trained as humans that we're not that we have been trained into unconsciousness we yes. have been trained to believe that we're separate that we're not good enough, that we're small, that we're victims, that we have no power to change anything, that the world is the way it is and we just have to deal with it. And all of that is part of the unconsciousness. So, mm -hmm. you know, we have all been immersed in that for hundreds of thousands of years as humanity. And now we're starting to see that, wait a minute, none of this has been my fault. I never made mistakes. None of us have. We have all been trained into unconsciousness. So we are treating each other unconsciously from that victim standpoint, from the fear, the doubt, the guilt, the worry, the shame, the blame. And now we believe that when our bodies respond to those shame, blame, fear, doubt, guilt, worry, anxiety, that there's something wrong with the bodies because we've all been taught there's something wrong with us. Yeah, yes. And we're the front, we're like the front line people starting to unlearn these narratives. Exactly. And spreading the word to other people that this, this is something we have to awaken from. Exactly. It's well, very exactly. important that we start to awaken from the mass level of programming that's going on worldwide. 
in this loony bin of a planet right now. And we, we do, we, we have to wake up that it doesn't, it, <laughs> we're being played. We're pawns on somebody else's chessboard. <laughs> exactly. So, it, it, and that's really the truth. I think of, of it and we, we have to snap out of it. We yeah. have to snap out of it. Exactly. When we start to realize that we are those innocent babies, when we come in, we are pure, we are innocent, we are the soul in a physical body. Mm -hmm. The soul is divine and perfect and pure. And when it gets used and abused and told that it's wrong and it's very, very, um, you know, it destroys us from the inside out, you know, mm -hmm. and our bodies are simply reflecting those traumas. So we have to start to realize that, wait a second, why are we all being traumatized? Why are we all being used and abused? Exactly. Why are we all being convinced that there's something wrong with us, that we're not okay, that we have to do what we're told? Who's telling us and why are they telling us and why are we not being told how magnificent and beautiful we are and how powerful we are and how our bodies are designed to heal themselves automatically when we take control of our own health and stop listening to the programming of the authority figures. Mm -hmm. And how we're those who try to say, well, you know, everything, everything is on the planet, grows on the planet for us to heal mm -hmm. ourselves. Yep. There, there, there are healing plants. There are, you know, there's all kinds of things that grow in nature that, that can help us try to realign our bodies if it, if it is out of alignment. And yet there is such a, this trajectory to debunk these things. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I think when they don't even regulate it, say like from the FDA, there's a reason they won't regulate it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's my conspiracy brain going, ah, <laughs> but you know, that, that, you know, they say, oh, well, it's not as effective and you have to put the, they don't regulate it. So why? Well, yeah. Like yeah. why, why are we, why are there things that need to be regulated? What is it that they're actually regulating? Mm -hmm. It turns out when we start to really look, you know, mother nature has given us all the medicine that we need, all of the plants, all of the foods, all of the things that actually can heal us and help us on our journey. But you know, at the turn of the, the last century, all of a sudden, somebody realized that, oh, hey, you can make synthetic pills out of oil, out of petroleum. Hmm. And suddenly, all of the natural products became alternative. Huh. Very interesting. Things that come directly from nature are now uh -huh. the alternative. Alternative to what? Right. I think that we have been programmed backwards to realize to you know, and now we're still being programmed all day, every day, by every other commercial on television telling us to ask our doctor, take this pill. Is this pill right for you? If you have these symptoms, then you may have a very terrible disease and you better find out if you're okay. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a, um, a, a really good documentary that was by James Corbett. I don't know if you know who he's, he's uh, located in Japan, but um, it's called How Big Oil Conquered the World. You can probably see it on BitChute. And it's a really good documentary that trap that you know traces how the whole industry became <laughs> what we have today. Yeah, well worth right. well worth watching. Yeah, gets into the oil industry and yeah. So how big oil conquered the world. You know, put that on your on your to watch list. <laughs> so um <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's it's the ones who own big oil. Yeah. It's how it's how these men conquered the world. Right. You know, like we have to turn we have to make it personal because it's, you know, there is no such thing as big oil. It is the people who own big oil. Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to see who is manipulating yeah who the big players are so who are the ones that are using their voices the loudest to turn our world around you know when when we are being told that we have to that if we don't we're gonna die or if we don't we're gonna kill our grandmother or you know why are these voices so loud and why are they telling us such scary, manipulative things? You know, mm-hmm. when we start using our own voices and we start discerning our voice from the voices out there, it starts to become pretty easy to see that the voices out there are not really um, in our best interest <laughs> to listen to. <laughs> yeah, and some of the voices like to stay hidden. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like yeah. even the uh, <clears throat> and go into the into the more musical realm of, of voices, where in the nineteen twenty, of course, they were studying frequencies um, using. Uh, you probably heard of that the cymatic machines, yeah. where they put the sand and then they they send in a frequency. Yeah. Into, yeah. And and so, and they tune the different frequencies, and then many of the the frequencies that are harmonious with our planet, like you know, they say the, the famous Tesla floor three two, um, being the A. Well, back then, um, that was being studied, and it was the musical tuning had been changed, um, from A being a standard four three two which is part of the Schumann resonance and it's more in harmony apparently with the human body. And when 432 is plugged in to a cymatics machine, a beautiful pattern will show up, a geometrical pattern will show up. Well, our standard tuning today uh, was changed in the 1930s prior to World War II uh, because the powers that be, <laughs> the voices that be, mm-hmm. uh, decided that we we needed what they believed was called a standard tuning, and they moved moved the tuning from four three two to four four zero four forty. So 
when you get a piano tuner that comes into a home, they will tune your, your piano where A is now 440. Well, if you put that 440 into a cymatics machine and you add into that frequency, that you will see the shape go from, say, from 442 or 432. And it, it's this cohesive um, uh, symmetry. Yeah, sacred geometry. And you will see that as you, it changes to 440, it becomes more distorted. Yeah. And it, it becomes less cohesive. And and this is what we are listening to. It's on our radio stations, yeah. all the music that you play, the stuff that everyone dances to, and nobody knows. And your ear doesn't pick it up either. Yeah. Like if, if, if I can't, unless a person has perfect pitch, which very few people do, um, I have what's I call relative pitch. I can sort of guesstimate by how it feels in my voice, what the note is, but it, <clears throat> it, it does affect because we know that like water, like the Emoto, I'm going in different directions here, but we know that it does affect us. So um, we resonate to that. And so when we, we're not really, we, we can't hear it. They're, so they're saying, well, what's the difference? You know, now it's all standard. It's this 440. Um, 432 is just slightly lower. And if you listen to two different, uh, or you listen to one piece, and I think there's something on YouTube where there's a fellow who's playing the guitar and he does uh, that famous uh it's called Fear Elise, this Beethoven thing that everybody learns. So he plays it on his guitar and on 432, and then he puts it on 440. And you can hear like there's a slight, slight difference. But a lot of people, like in those comment sections, say, yeah, they, it feels more peaceful in 432. It has just a little more calming effect. You know, but, but, separated you wouldn't know mm -hmm. you know and this is why you know we've never been taught about non-physical things you know we have been taught that everything is just physical that if it's not physical that it's not real well sound is not physical frequency is not physical but it's very very real and it has a very real effect on our physicalness the molecules in our body are vibrating at frequency. Mm -hmm. And when our normal natural frequency is 432, but everything around us becomes tuned to a different frequency, it literally starts to distort the entirety of all of creation here yes. on this planet. And it is very subtle. And it is very insidious. Yes. And who would think to look at frequency? Well, we're starting to look at it. We're starting to realize that frequency is really, really important. The frequency of the music we listen to, the frequency of the, the electromagnetic field around us, and the frequency of what we speak is extremely important. And when we use our own frequency, consciously we can tune our own energy field back into coherence and we can start to override the external frequencies 
This is really the essence of what healing is. It is bringing the distortions that have come from the external world back into coherence by tuning our own frequency, tuning body, mind, and soul back into coherence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you think, well, okay, that all sounds well and good. How do I get there? Mm -hmm. Right? How do I get there? How do I do that? So um, yeah. you know, it's, it's a journey. It's, it's really about making that choice, really about making the choice to take command of our own lives and to start to, um, to realize our own power. You know, once we make the choice to start becoming conscious again, all the parts and pieces that we need start to show up for us. It's like, we don't have to know all the answers right away. Right. All we have to do is make the choice and then everything comes to us. Yes. Yeah. And I made that choice. <laughs> Absolutely. I so made the so, choice. It's so interesting that when your voice was cut off, when you were not able to use your voice in the same way, when they shut everything down, that's when all the problems began because you weren't able to nurture yourself. You weren't able to use your gifts and talents to help others and to express yourself. So it's completely normal and natural that this type of situation would occur in your in your physical body because it was showing you, hey, here's where you've cut off the flow of energy. Here's mm -hmm. where the the flow of energy has been cut off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And my mothering, I'm, I'm a nurturer by nature, so um, yeah, I couldn't. That wasn't allowed to flow anymore. Um, my opinions were not considered. Uh, so yeah, when you're not heard, um, the you know, the voice is cut off. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so what are some of the ways that you're using your voice to heal? Um, well, once, of course, <laughs> once I became ill, um, I think my family started to listen to what mama had to say um so i was able to start healing in that manner um with my singing this this is still new for me so i'm still trying to figure out well how am i going to rehabilitate what i once had uh or how how am I going to redefine this? So I know that that chapter of teaching, I did that for 27 years. So I'm ready to hang that hat up and move forward into something else. But I want, I think I want it more into more of a healing mechanism. Mm -hmm. uh, I belonged to a group, a fabulous group. This was one of my um, uh, volunteer jobs. I guess you could call it sort of a little mission thing. And um, it was a, a group of wonderful ladies and we'd get together um, twice a month and we'd rehearse. But one of the things we did is we would go 
to hospitals and hospices and we'd sing bedside. And we would do just very simple chanting. And that was a healing, using our voices as a healing mechanism. And um, it'd be very simple, simple, almost lullaby songs where you sit at a person's bedside and you, there was one fellow I, I just came to mind now as we were in this hospital and it was a, in the cancer unit. And here's the, the breathing thing. He couldn't get his breath down. He was coughing and coughing and coughing, like just having this fit that just wouldn't let up. And we came into the room and we, we told him, you know, just if you can, just relax as much as you can. He said, if you cough, just keep coughing, it's fine. And we'll just, uh, just try and take in the sounds, allow it to wash over you. Within about two, three minutes of us, his coughing subsided. And he said that, he goes, I can't believe this. This is like a miracle. You calmed my coughing. So the power of word and sound has this profound effect on people. Exactly. It becomes like a, it's a prayer. It's a meditation. It's a, that's, that's the real beauty of our words and our sound. If it's used in that way. Yeah. When it's used consciously with intention if maybe people here have seen the the Greg Graydon video on YouTube where um, there's a woman in, uh, I think she was in China. She had a cancerous tumor in her belly and doctors were standing around and they chanted. All of, the, all of them were on the exact same phrase. They had chosen a phrase. And so they were standing around the woman, they were using the tones consciously, and you can see the tumor dissolve in real time in under three minutes, simply by using the voice. This is the power that we all have. It's not magic, it's frequency, it's yes. actual science. <laughs> Science isn't like the stuff that, that, that we're told. It's not about studying stuff. Science is like how the universe works. Like that's what science actually is. And this is what the power of tone and frequency and intention can do. It does. It, it's a, it can be such a beautiful gift to the world. Exactly. We have to, yeah. People need to see it more and experience it more. Exactly. You know, and sound baths are becoming more popular these days. Mm. You know, I love going to sound baths. I love going to the symphony. I love going to things that have beautiful, coherent sounds and using those sounds with intention. When I would go to the symphony and be listening to Mozart, I would just allow the frequency of all those notes to bring my body back into coherence. I would listen with the intention of realigning all of my cells. And when I go to a sound bath, it's the same thing. You can feel the frequency. And if you utilize your consciousness, your intention, 
you can literally start bringing your body back into coherence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Whether you're receiving or even giving it. Exactly. Precisely. Um, and mm -hmm. when we're using our, our voice, our tone, we can create our own frequencies and we can direct those frequencies through our body using intention. We can literally heal ourselves with our own voice if we choose. <laughs> That's true. That's true. When, um, when singers, um, especially in the opera world, we can sometimes we can, <laughs> we can almost get high on our, our our own production of sound because at, you know at that level of singing, oh, people know this, but a lot of times on the like on people sing on opera stage, they're not mic'd, so they they uh, have to sing, they have to cut over an orchestra, and the voice has to be strong enough and have that they call that squealo that that cut that cuts over the orchestra. And so it's a, it, it's, there's a lot of precision that's involved in creating that tone. Um, but when they, they can get into this zone, they call it singing in the zone or like an artist who's like, you know, doing something, they get into the zone or a sports figure that's in, they're in the zone. They're, they're at the peak of what they're doing. And it, it you, yeah, as you find yourself moving into this zone, it, it's like you start, you're in the flow and you can feel the, you can feel the music, you can feel the sound moving through your body. You can even create overtones, which are like sounds above sounds. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes the singing bowls will do that. You can hear the sounds above the sounds if you have a good quality crystal bowls. So um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it can be very self-healing. And when people can tune in deeply into their bodies, when they're creating their own voice and their own tone, um, I call it when I would teach it, and a person can find that. I says you're creating your own vocal print. It's unique, and nobody else can copy that. No one can sound like you because when you've when you've aligned yourself that way, you're in flow. You feel your body letting go, releasing, letting the breath create the sound. So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know, we're, we are each, each soul is created completely uniquely. You know, I talk about each one of us being like the snowflake. You know, every snowflake is completely unique. And we have our own sacred geometry. So every one of us is going to sound different because our geometry is different. Yes. Again, we've never been taught that we are sacred. We never have been taught that we have a geometry. There's literally an energetic structure of consciousness that we are. And it's completely and utterly unique. Every soul song is completely unique, and we are here to sing our soul song. But we are here in this crazy world that doesn't want us to sing our soul song. It wants us to sing the song that we've been told to sing. And that's not our soul song. It's not. No, it's not our soul song. It's, yeah, and, and appreciating one another's soul song. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. We've yeah. all in this world, we're, we're all taught that we're supposed to sing the same tune and that, you know, pay your taxes, go ask your doctor, boom, whatever those tunes are. And none of those tunes feel good. None of them feel empowering. None of them um, honor our sacredness and our integrity. So it's really, really important for us to start to literally tune in to ourselves so that we can reconnect to that soul song. Yeah. And this is where all the healing comes from because the dis-ease is the incoherence, the discord in our being and the healing is bringing everything back into resonance into coherence Mm -hmm. and that that means that we are speaking our truth that we are literally singing our soul song imprinting the world with our joy with our passions with the gifts and talents that we have to share we all came in with gifts and talents whether that's singing or being a mother or you know whatever it is being an athlete you know, there are all kinds of ways that we are here to contribute. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. it's really up to us to find that authentic soul song and start yeah. singing it again. And and not to judge. You know, exactly. I think that's a really um, like a knee jerk thing. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Well what am I supposed to be doing (laughs) so it yeah tuning in and finding no I feel this is where this is where my my voice is telling me what to do exactly you know and how many people have you know teenagers you know said I want to be a singer and the parents say you can't do that there's no money in that you need to be a nurse or you need to be a lawyer you know Mm -hmm okay I guess you're right I'm gonna need to go do something to make money and then they they give up their talent and Mm -hmm. it's it's literally the thing they came here for it's the thing they're passionate about and there are so many ways to make that work in this society yes yes even you know even if it's a an avocation you know it may not be the way you pay the rent or, but it's something that, that really speaks to your soul. It can be what they call an avocation. Yeah. And there, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you, I I tell some of the students like you do not, you do not need to be on, not everybody needs to be on the stage with the lights shining on them. And, you know, all this adulation that's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, it's like, do you want to do it for the art's sake or do you want it because you want recognition? Mm-hmm. You know, what what what's the motivation here? And be really truthful. Exactly. A lot of times it's like, oh well, I just want to be seen. Yeah. You know, so does it you you know usually I you know, I can tell it's the people that where it's like they just they want this, they are hungry for it. Yeah, that's a different thing than okay. 
I want to get the role. <laughs> I want to be the star on, on, you know, on the latest musical, um, which is a completely different thing. But then there's just some people that just, you know, I just want to be part of the team. I just want to have fun. I want to be in the chorus. I want to, you know, I want to be in that creative process. Exactly. And that is, that's beautiful too. It makes the mosaic. It makes the picture. Exactly. Yeah, I have a, one of my friends is a is a concert violinist and she plays in the symphony and she says I don't I don't need to be the the concert master. I don't need to be the number 1 violin. I can be the the number 12 violin. And I am totally fine with that because it's all about the process of making music. Every single one is equally important. We're all adding our own special notes to the production. Yes. And it has, we have to all be there. And like, it's not the same if we're all missing. So right. it's just like, it's really about the process of making beautiful music. Yes. And even in the, in the, you know, outside of the art world, you know, are you, for some people, it's like, well, I have to be the best of, it, people who are in entrepreneurial endeavors you know I have to you know I have to be the person who has you know 40,000 followers or I have to have you know something like that mm -hmm. you know looking for that recognition but you know, what's letting go of that judgment and and having I guess that's a part of our social media programming too oh yeah you know, he who has the most toys wins, you know, bigger mm -hmm. is better, more is better. And, you know, if you don't have billions of dollars, you're nothing. You know, that's the, that's the programming. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, we start to realize that that's not, that's not where it's at. That's well, not where the, happiness is, it, is. Yeah. And is it any wonder that there's so much anxiety and depression in the world today? Exactly. Yes. When and you're what? given that program and you're given that message, yeah. how many young people feel like failures? Exactly. Yeah, that was my story for years and years. I felt like the failure. And yeah, I ended up in this cancer situation because my self-esteem was just, you know, rock bottom. I had hardly any self-esteem I didn't love myself at all I there was something wrong with me because I couldn't fit into this crazy distorted world uh -huh. and so it took that experience to empower myself to realize wait a minute I'm already in the world of hurt here and I'm certainly not going to go this what to me seemed like a very barbaric route of chemo and radiation or radical surgery and I was like I can't put myself through that I see what that is so once I realized that you know it's up to me it's up to me to heal myself I know what's out of balance I understand what's out of balance and it's not my body <laughs> it is my body but it's my emotional state that is really out of balance. I am not in coherence with my soul. I am not being the masterful being that we are all here to be. When we are being the soul that we are, 
There's nothing in this physical realm that has any power over us. And then we create magic. It's our natural state of being. We create health when we're fully conscious of who we are. We create heaven on earth. Consciousness and our light create heaven on earth. Our unconsciousness and the dark create the opposite. <laughs> so which way are we moving? We're being moved in the opposite direction. So it's up to us to move ourselves back into coherence and start actually creating heaven on earth for ourselves first. It has to come through us. So by default, we have to create it for ourselves. We have to experience it so that we can then share it. If we're not experiencing it, we cannot share it. It's such a happy path. Right? <laughs> It's amazing. It's a happy it, path. <laughs> yeah. And it's self first, but it's 100%. I had a teacher once who would say it's 100% service to self and 100% service to humanity. But it comes through the self first. So in order to really truly serve humanity, we have to be healthy. We have to be happy. We have to be using our voice. We have to be able to speak our truth. And this is where we are at in human history at this point. And the ones that are starting to wake up and realize this and speak the truth, are they're, they're getting silenced at every opportunity, but there's too many of us now. They can't yeah. silence everyone. And, and I, we should not, I think now more than ever, we need to speak up louder. Exactly. It's, it's our turn. To, to be the squeaky wheel that gets the grease because it, yeah, we've been silenced for too long yep. and we need, we need to start shouting from the rooftop. It's our turn now here. Exactly. Us. Yeah. Um, yeah. The darkness has been in control for far too long. Yes. And it, it, no, it was, what you said something that's very interesting about um, like that service because it sort of was told that there was an either or a service right. to self exactly. or a service to others. Yes. But when you look at it from that paradigm of like, well, you have to know, everyone knows you fill your, for your well first before you can give to others. So this whole, it, can, it, it does not have to be an either or. Exactly. Like not being selfish, of course, service yeah. to self. It's, it's just about filling your well so that you can give. So, um, yeah, that, that's another little trick on the mind. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. We have been taught that polarity and duality are what what is. But now it's time to bring in the and. It's both. It's not just either or. It's both. We have mm -hmm. the ability to choose either one. So if we're going in the negative direction, we have the absolute total ability to flip it around. And it really, truly only takes a shift of consciousness. It just simply takes us becoming conscious of the power that we actually have to create heaven on earth for ourselves and for the rest of humanity. <laughs> yes. That is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Nadine, this has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank yes. you so much. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So yes. And I, 
Remember to breathe deeply and find your breath. If you feel yourself a little off, yeah, just bring it, bring it in, bring it deep into the body, down into the bones, and just let it release it out with a sigh. <laughs> so exactly, whatever that sound may be, right? And don't ever let anyone convince you that you're not okay or that you're going to die because your body's doing something. This is never, ever true. You are the one that is in charge of you. You get to choose your story. You get to tell your own story. You can tell a story of tragedy and you can also tell a story of triumph, just like Nadine has done <laughs> and just like I have done, right? It's not a death sentence ever unless you choose it to be. That's right. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much, Nadine. We really, really appreciate you coming here today and having this beautiful conversation. So we have Carol and Michelle and Branny and Delbert and Kinsey. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Everybody is saying what a wonderful conversation this has been. Oh, well, thank you, everybody. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, thank you. Thank and you. Enjoy, enjoy the course. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, come and learn yeah. how to align with your radiantly healthy self. So you can yes. be healthy. Yes. Do the journaling. Do the, yeah, just do the work. It's yeah you won't steer anyone wrong so yeah you love it all right thanks everyone until next sunday create for yourselves a great week and we'll see you again next sunday for solution sunday because the soul is the solution bye for now thanks for listening to this episode of connecting you to you radio if you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Are you ready to discover more about how simple healing your body can actually be when you do it from the higher wisdom of your soul? To learn more about what I do and how you can work with me, visit connectingyoutoyou.com and get on my mailing list to be the first to know about my latest offerings. If you'd like to interact with me on Facebook, please join my group, Soul Sourced Healing. Check the show notes below for these links and more. I hope to see you again next time on Connecting You to You Radio.